Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Read Up, the podcast where we talk about books intellectually and stuff. Uh, today's book is Leviathan Wakes, the first book in the Expanse series by James S.A. Corey. Today's guest is Scott. Scott, how are you today? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling kind of, you know, I'm floating, you know, it, you stupid earthers in your, in your gravity. Ooh, are you, do you feel like you're from Mars? Are you a Martian or are you a belter? Oh, I'm a belter. I'm yeah. totally a belter. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like I'm on the. I feel like I'm. I'm. I'm there with Miller. That's what I'm doing. Ooh, Miller's a great character. Let's uh, let me uh, let me talk about this book for a second, in case people don't know. Uh, I'm gonna read the back of the book. It says, "Welcome to the future. Humanity has colonized the solar system, Mars, the Moon, and the asteroid belt and beyond, but the stars are still out of our reach." Jim Holden is XO of an ice miner making runs from the rings of Saturn to the mining stations of the belt. When he and his crew stumble upon a derelict ship, the Scopuli, they find themselves in possession of a secret they never wanted. A secret that someone is willing to kill for, and kill on a scale unfathomable to Jim and his crew. Wars brewing in the system unless he can find out who left the ship and why. Detective Miller is looking for a girl. One girl in a system of billions, but her parents have money, and money talks. When the trail leads him to the Scopuli and rebel sympathizer Holden, he realizes that this girl may be the key to everything. Holden and Miller must thread the needle between the Earth government, the Outer Planet revolutionaries, and the secretive corporations, and the odds are against them. But out in the belt, the rules are different, and one small ship can change the fate of the universe. Scott, what did you think of this book? I really enjoyed it. Now, full disclosure, I had watched the first four episodes of season one of the first sci-fi show, the now Amazon uh, adaptation of The Expanse. So I went into this book with some preconceived notions, having watched four episodes of the TV show. Gotcha. Which did color, I'll admit, it did color my reading of this book because of the differences already inherent in season one of the show, which adapts this book and the, this book itself. Mm. I have not watched the show, so I can't say that I, my my idea of the show is colored at all, except that I do picture Miller as Thomas Jane because I know that's who he plays on the show. And I... um like Thomas Jane. So I just like kind of put his face onto Miller as one does. But um, because I haven't talked to, I do want to watch the show, but would you say it, is it different in the way that like game of Thrones is different in the beginning seasons or game of Thrones is different in the later seasons? Well, I've never read the game of Thrones books so that I, I can't, I can't make that comparison. Here's the, com- here's what I'll say. And this, this is, this will be non-spoilery really. The book, by the way, James S. A. Corey is actually a pseudonym for two authors, which really? you get. Oh, you didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. No, they even work on the show. They 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 executive produce and write on the show too. Well, that's cool. That's very yeah. cool. So yeah. So what you realize is this book is written with two po two third person povs alternating. You get a chapter that's Holden. You get a chapter that's Miller. 
Well, obviously, one author wrote Holden, one author wrote Miller. Gotcha. That makes a lot. Of, that makes tons and tons of sense. Actually, I'll read the Meet the Author back here. It says, James S.A. Corey is the pen name of fantasy author Daniel Abraham and Ty Frank, George R.R. Martin's assistant. They both live in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Find out more from the series, TheExpanse.com. Exactly. So the interesting, the biggest thing that's different is that when you read Leviathan Wakes, and I think this is important for people who are either just reading the book or have watched the show, you know, whether you've watched the show and are going to read the books or you read the books and you're going to go watch the show, the first thing you need to understand is the book of Leviathan Wakes is just Holden and Miller. Whatever Mm -hmm. Holden's involved in, whatever Miller's involved in, that's all you get. I mean, that's all you get. Gotcha. In the show, you know, you see the Mars, you see what's going on on Mars, you see what's going on with Fred Johnson, you see what's going on on Earth, and there's characters you haven't even met yet in the book that you will have already have met in the TV show, because the sh- the TV show does not have that singular focus, that very distinct that limited third person. I was, and, I was. You took the words right out of mouth. I was going to say. So the book is third limited, and the show is third on mission. Oh, but, absolutely. And so you. that made it, it took a while for me to appreciate the book more, realizing, oh, this is the style. All these big grand space opera things are happening, but we're just going to follow these two, these two Joe Blows. Gotcha. And what 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 is it when you have what is it like for the man on the ground with all these big space opera things happening around them? You know that's and go ahead. And that took me Sorry. a while to appreciate because, like I said, I'd watched four episodes of the show, and so in my head I have these ideas of what's going on in the rest of the world, uh, in the rest of the universe. But no, the book is focusing on these guys and what the what the regular Joes are going through. And so once I made that switch in my brain, I was like, oh, I see what they're doing here. Cool. It's interesting because the book is really a mystery more than anything else. It's ki- it's kind of a whodunit. Uh, and, and so for the show to branch out to omniscience which kind of in a way goes against whodunits you know where because uh you're it's almost like a, the show seems to be working on like the clueless mystery model and the um and the um the book works and like a the classic golden age model of like we here are the clues we got to figure it we, we got to figure it out and like i th- does that make sense no, it does because the expand the TV show kind of works more in sort of the and you brought it up sort of the Game of Thrones. We're seeing the political machinations. We're seeing how we're seeing what all the different people know, and there's some dramatic irony, and yet there's still some stuff that we as the audience don't know, and we're watching what everyone else is getting at what time and figuring stuff out where in the book it's it's more of the it's more of the pulp fiction private eye we know what this character knows hmm. and that's all we're going to get gotcha. and until this character learns something we're not going to learn something hmm. and do you after finishing this first book um are you are you more excited to continue the show or are you more excited to continue reading the book Actually, it's both because I, what it does make me do is it makes me want to follow my usual rule of read the book first kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And 
I want to at least jump into maybe the next book and see how much how much when does the book start giving me the information that the show already gave me in those first four episodes mm-hmm. because I don't want to get so far ahead in the show that I'm ruining the books for myself and so I because I already was aware that what I did. I have not jumped into the second book yet. I did, however, jump into a continuity ebook that was published after the first book, but before the second book. That is a backstory for one of the characters, the uh, sort of the revolutionary leader, Fred Johnson. Mm-hmm. And in the and in the blurb for the ebook, it already tells you that it was adapted into the fifth episode of the show. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. 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 That is. That's interesting. I think uh, I I would really like to start the show, but a part of me just kind of wants to plow through the series first and then go backwards, especially if I'm going to meet characters in the show that I haven't met in the book yet. I don't really want them to I don't want the show to color my perspective yet. Um, And so I think I'm just going to I'm going to sit the show out for a little while, but not because I'm not interested. I'm very interested, but I I just want to keep with the books for a while um i want to talk about the the quote-unquote realistic science fiction on display here i think that's one of the things the expanse is really known for is it's it's hard sci-fi it's It's hard sci-fi it's hard sci-fi yes yeah sort of hard sci-fi because like there's stuff in without going into too much too many spoilers because i think it's funny because i think for books that i really do recommend i really try not to spoil them but for books that are terrible i'm like i'm just gonna tell you everything because you need to understand how terrible this is right Uh, it's like i don't want you to read this please go let me go ahead and tell you everything you need to know so you do not feel the need to read this right and (laughs) so i don't i don't want to do that for the for leviathan wakes because i really do think it is really worth people's time uh and plus i just love the book covers Actually, oh, aren't these. they? Don't they just? They remind me of science fiction novels that I would pick up at Walmart in the nineties. Where yeah. it's just the, it's these beautiful, uh, like they, like the name of Peter F. Hamilton is on the cover of this. And it's like, but yes, I remember what Peter F. Hamilton novels looked like in the nineties, where they have these ridiculously gargantuan ships that don't look pretty. They look. F- functional well i and, think that's that's it they're the functional functional space stations functional ships and you know like space is designed space is not functional like it, it it's going to kill you and so they do what they do whatever they can to survive morally politically economically whatever but that also includes the industries and that includes engineering like there's a space station that looks like a potato because that's what's going to work in the belt it has to look it's going to be shaped like a potato sorry yeah. no it's fine but but it, no, but i mean i mean talk to cut about you the... out, i meant like sorry generally to the people who wanted beautiful space stations <laughs> <laughs> no you're not gonna get no and that's actually the character uh that's what I love about reading this book and that sort of Joe Blow man on the street aspect of the series is, you know, even they talk about how crappy everything is and how and, – and belters, you know, and the personalities that you have when you're an earther, when you're a Martian, when you're a belter. It's like – it's that nature versus nurture and the idea is that where you're born really affects you physiologically, psychologically, and I 
I love that. Mm-hmm. That's what adds to it. And then the fact that, you know, it talks about, you know, relativity and, and full stop and G-forces and, and stuff that I'm going to be honest, I haven't read hard sci-fi like this since probably like the Enderverse and like reading Ender's Game and those oh, books. Man. That yeah. really Ender's Game is the, uh, that I love the Ender. I love those books so much. Right, and, yeah. and and think about the way that Orson Scott Card deals with space and travel, and explaining how space yeah things works. Ta- things things take time. Like like half of Ender's Game is devoted to like learning to be in space. Like that's that's basically the whole book. How do I be in space as a human? Uh, and this so, book takes place over like a year, just because they have to travel. <laughs> Right, yeah. It's just like it's like it's not it's not Star Wars. Like, oh, we'll be there in a few hours. It's like we'll be there in a couple months, you know. And you know, like I send a message, I've got to wait twenty two minutes for somebody to respond to me. And so, what do you do in that meantime and stuff like that? In a weird way, it's a little like quarantine. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I've just got to I've got to wait things out, and I'm going to occupy my time until until that time has come but i think the thing is that that's and that's why i highly recommend this book because that kind of sci-fi is my is my cup of tea like Mm -hmm. i i love things that either a like like reading the martian is another great example it's like i feel like i'm learning science as i'm yes reading the story yes or i already know the science and i am appreciating the fact that the author's like yeah you got that right good on you Mm-hmm. I think um, when when we say hard sci-fi too, we should kind of clarify in that it's not heady sci-fi. This is not, um, you know, this is not Dune. This is not Foundation. Right. <laughs> it's not. I wouldn't even say that it, it's like um, 2001: A Space Odyssey. If you want to no, move into, like no, things no. like it's not. It's not heady. It's hard, which means that it has to play by the the actual laws of physics as opposed to something like Star Wars that's like Space Wizards, like whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, And um, you could try to fit science in there if you want, but that's not the point. That's just fantasy in space where this is actual science fiction. You know, like here's the science part of it. No, this, de- this definitely is not, you know, your – you're thinking man science this is this is science fiction pulp noir that's what mm-hmm. this this has plot this is a popcorn thriller that just happens to be set in space where the rules of physics apply to use a, a very literary term this book is a pastiche where it's a mixture of many many genres and they all play off of one another quite effectively I think that's the beauty of having the two authors writing the two different point of view characters, because when I'm reading the Holden chapters, I feel like I'm reading like an Ender's Game or a more classic sci-fi space opera kind of story. And then when I'm reading the Miller chapters, it's this is Philip Marlowe in space. Like this is bogey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is a Humphrey Bogart movie. I can totally see these chapters in black and white. Yes. Yeah. Like uh, she came into the office and I... uh... You know, they told me to put my badge down on the desk, but I said no. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. <I'm> like <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. But I don't think that the writing styles are so vastly different 
uh, it's the characters that are fleshed out and feel authentic that make it so because I read this whole book thinking that James S.A. Corey was a real person. You know, I didn't bother to do my authorship research before um, before reading before reading the book. So uh, I don't I don't find the, the switching between characters jarring uh especially with being two authors and i think that's that's a difficult equilibrium to achieve so props props to both of these guys for um for churning something like massively solid out and it, for it being such a large book it is a breeze because it, it is, is quick mm-hmm. oh yeah. my goodness like you you look at the audiobook and it's like 20 something hours and you 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 pick up the book and it's over 500 pages but this is not a 500 pages 500 pages this is more like a 300 pages 500 pages yeah this is like a finish it if you like if you're inside it's like finish it in a week kind of book not like finish it in um a couple of months kind of book yeah absolutely and i also appreciate the fact that they have they lay the – because this is a book that with the limited third person, you you don't get the whole story. You don't get the whole picture. That just makes me so excited for the other eight, soon to be nine books in the series, uh, plus all the little ebooks that happen in between novels that really are going to just – expand oh sorry i had to go there expand okay. you, i actually you made an you said something about expanding earlier and it took everything i had not <laughs> to make a joke <laughs> expand the universe in a way that i i'm i want to know more like especially if you've never seen the show and you don't know about the more that's out there mm-hmm. i it just makes you want to read the whole series, and the fact that I think the ninth book is going to be the last one. Like this, this, this series is going to end. Well, you know what? As it should, because I do think that all, I really do think that books really, or any any kind of series, really should have a definitive ending. At some point, I think maybe something like a comic book kind of gets a pass because it's built on character and not narrative. Uh, it's a little bit different, but. Um, you know, those are perpetual second act stories, but I don't think that all series should be second act stories. Like eventually you have to wrap it up because I can only invest so much time. Exactly. Uh, but this one I think is totally worth the time. And whether you're a reader and you want to heft around a 500 page novel or you want to do the audiobook because Jefferson Mays was a fantastic narrator. I really enjoyed – I'd never heard of this narrator before, and I really enjoyed listening. This was one of those books that I wanted to get through it so quickly. I was I was doing the handoff. I listened to the audiobook, and then if I wasn't in a place where I could listen to the audiobook, I would have the physical book with me to read a couple of chapters. Like That's how devoted I was to this book, that it was I want to get through this thing as quickly as possible because I need to know how it ends. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, I need to know. There's, and, and I think that's always the testament of a good book, but especially a good mystery. I need to know how this ends. And I was satisfied. Those are, you know, the reveal was good, the summation was good, and the ending was good. So I agreed. Hands yeah. down. Go read this book. That's In, what that, that's that's all I have to say. Go read this book. Go read this book. Well, Scott, this has been a great conversation. Uh tell us where the people can find you. Uh, if you want to follow my ramblings, you can find me on Twitter at ScottDC27. And, of course, if you want to hear my melodious voice with my normal Tim, 
Uh, you can find me over at the DC Film Squadcast talking about DC films, television, and comics over at the Squadcast Media Network. Wonderful. Well, Scott, thank you for coming on. Um, uh, I am currently in the process of reading um, the book you assigned to me as homework, uh, not on the internet. Well, on the internet, but not on the show. Uh, so I'm reading uh, Stormfront. So I will I will have you back for that one. Does that sound good? The Tristan Files. Yay, finally! I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm, I, I'm so excited. I'm so, guys, you... It will, you'll want to tune in for that episode because you will not be able to contain the nerdy glee of me getting to introduce Tim to one of my favorite series of all time. Just saying. Down, boy. Down, boy. Anyway, Scott, thank you so much for thank you so much for coming on, and we'll see you next time. You have been listening to Read Up, the podcast where we talk about books intellectually and stuff. You can find Read Up on Twitter at Read Up Podcast and the host at Timothy PG thirteen. Rate and review Read Up on iTunes and listen on any place podcasts can be found. Head over to patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio to support all of your favorite Thought Bubble Audio podcasts. You can find all of the Thought Bubble Audio programs at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. Until next time, have a good read. <laughs>